0: Well, hello there, my friend, Jonathan Doyle with you once again. Welcome aboard to the Catholic Teacher Daily Podcast. It has been a little while. Some of you are thinking, where have you been? Well, it's been a very interesting six months. We've been through uh, a great deal. And uh, look, I'll bring you up to speed quickly, and then I want to get into today's content. I am back on the horse. I'm back in the studio today. It's a real privilege to be doing this again. I do hope it's going to be a blessing for you. Wherever you're listening in the world, it is good to have this time with you. I've been surfing today. I, uh, it's a Saturday here in the studio, but I was up early with one of my kids and uh, we, a two-hour drive. We've been surfing. We had breakfast together. And uh, it's amazing what you can learn about teenagers when you're just, you know, driving together and doing interesting stuff. So that was my morning. Look, uh, the last six months, if you're wondering uh, what I've been up to, I uh, look, it's been interesting. I think going back into August and September of 2023, I was doing a lot of work uh, at a pretty high level, I guess, for Catholic education offices and dioceses in the area of, I guess, Catholic philosophical anthropology. If you ever wonder what that is, I, I sort of have this idea that the biggest challenge that we face, probably in Catholic education in general, is around this issue of anthropology. And there's a video that I've done on my YouTube channel, so if you, it's worth checking out on the One Catholic Teacher YouTube channel. So if you use YouTube uh, a little bit, just just do a search for One Catholic Teacher, and there's a video there called "The Next Great Crisis in the Catholic Church," and it comes it comes from it comes from it comes from an article I read that uh, articulated that the Church in a history has had three great crises. First crises was in the early centuries of the Church, and it was a crises about the nature of God. There was a real, you know, several centuries of contention and debate and problem about what the nature of God actually was. All sorts of heresies were coming forth. and Then we had the Council of Nicaea, of course, and the Council of Jerusalem, and all these different councils that rolled out over those first three or four hundred years where the church was clearly articulating the nature of God. And then we had the Protestant Reformation. And that was the great crisis around what is the nature of the church? It was an ecclesiological question. And that question, of course, is still being debated today. But the sort of crisis we're in now is the crisis of what does it mean to be human? What's a human person? If you think about all of the contentious issues that uh, Catholic education faces, you're going to find that, yes, there's issues around funding and budgets and enrollments and curriculum and technology and all those things are real and they are valid. But you notice the church and Catholic education doesn't really get any stress or pressure really in curriculum or technology or facilities or, you know, the wider culture and the wider world is not that really fussed about that sort of stuff, but the church's position on what it means to be human, um, the nature of human identity, human relationships, human sexuality, all of those things seem to push the big red button on the forehead of modern culture, don't they? And So I've been doing a lot of work in that space, and it's fascinating work. I'll be spending a lot more time doing that this year. So if I can be useful to you, uh, either at your school or in your diocese, in terms of teaching and uh, helping upskill you or your staff in that area of Catholic philosophical anthropology, it's a really beautiful doctrine. I genuinely believe, it's sort of easy to say this, but I do believe it can transform the world, save the world, because it teaches the truth of who and what we are in the Amargo day made in the image of God and all that this entails. So I was doing that and then I had a fantastic uh extended sort of speaking tour in the US. I had two two visits there, St. Louis, Oklahoma, uh back into Texas, uh doing some radio shows there in Texas and then back again to Australia where I ducked down to Tasmania for some speaking, then back on a plane and uh you know, had some fantastic speaking in uh, the Youngstown Diocese up near the Great Lakes. And then I finished in New Orleans, which was the best. So <laughs> I think, you know, I, I'm blessed because it was the best. It was just such a cool time. Shout out to Dr. Randall Houston and the great team there in uh, Catholic Education New Orleans because it was a ball. I got to see college football. I got to uh, just spend time on the banks of the Great Mississippi and just meet so many fantastic people. And then we had about six and a half thousand people for my speaking event, which was great. And then we, uh, but just before I left, some of you know this, one of our kids was diagnosed with a, with a serious lifelong condition and, uh, was in hospital for a long time. And, uh, we're still, we're going to, it's something we're going to be dealing with for the rest of our lives and for the rest of their life. So that has been some of the last six months of my life and, uh, recently, if you're in, I hope you're interested. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing right now. You've been in a gym or driving. Okay, well, you can tell us anything else. Yes, I am. Be patient. You know, I've got something good for you in just a sec. And the most recent thing is that I've had the great privilege of working for a very large diocese somewhere in the world on uh, on a consultancy project for something a very big project that they ran, and it was fantastic. I got to work with uh, some great executive teams, and then we running survey processes for hundreds of people and then putting all that together in a strategic review. And that was cool. And I just don't want to go into detail on that because it's it's sort of private, but I will say that there's some great things happening in the Catholic church. You know, we often see the doom and the gloom and the problems, but this process showed me, and I said this to the, uh, to the Archbishop. We we had a meeting a few weeks ago as we, uh, when I delivered the review and I said, look, we get to do this work all around the world and, the way I see it, you get these dioceses that it's like a wave, like dioceses can go very moribund, like they can just go really innovated and nothing's happening. And, and, and then sometimes you get some new people and a good bishop and things get transformed and cool stuff happens. And so be encouraged. There's great stuff happening around the world. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, in the last bit of housekeeping. So I'm a bit croaky from swallowing half the Pacific ocean this morning while surfing. Uh, last thing, housekeeping, I guess, is you know, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. I'll be putting these out pretty much every day. People go, "How do you do it every day?" Well, I enjoy it, and it helps form me, and helps me to become, you know, I guess more well formed in the faith. And I just love sharing this with people. So uh, you can please subscribe. I'd love it if you could share it with people and check out the YouTube channel One Catholic Teacher. And I am on Instagram at J Doyle Speaks. One word: J Doyle Speaks. Uh, come and check it out. I, I, you know, I know social media is the work of the devil, and I don't really have any other accounts except um, I like Instagram. I put stuff out there every day to encourage people. So that's it for me. Right? Let's jump in. Let us encourage each other in the journey of Catholic education. So we had—I don't like to date the podcast—but we had Ash Wednesday uh, earlier this week, and the day after, I was praying the Divine Office, and the Divine Office. Is you know, was praying the morning office, and if I have time, I I get to do the office of readings as well. And I had the pleasure of reading a homily from Saint Asterius of Amasea. Now, if you're anything like me, Saint Asterius, Saint Asterius of Amasea, probably doesn't govern your days and nights. Like you probably don't have the collected works of Saint. Asterius of Hamasia. You <laughs> can see I'm trying not to take ages to read it, but I am failing. Um so St. Asterius of Amesia was a bishop in northern Turkey in the fourth century. Just in case anybody breaks into your house, holds you at gunpoint, and says, you know, you're gonna get hurt if you don't <laughs> what geographic region St. Asterius was in. You can now say, Northern Turkey! Spare us. So, uh, This homily was from the Thursday of the first week of Lent, and so what happens for me is one of the cool things about daily prayer and why I really encourage Catholic teachers to become people of prayer is because it's the reading and the praying that things jump out. I think this is how the Holy Spirit works. Like, we all want to hear from God, right? We all want to hear a booming voice that says, no, take the next left, not that one. We want to hear clear direction. But often what's happening is he's speaking to us through these small little promptings when things jump out of us. So let me share this with you. It's a long homily, and I'm only going to share about one line from it. And he just says, he's talking about the story of the, uh, the shepherd finding the lost sheep. And, he, and, he, and he's sort of talking about an introduction to Lent and how Christ seeks us out. But then he has this one line about the uh, lost sheep story parable. He says, the whole story has a sacred meaning. And it warns us not to think of any man as lost or beyond hope. It warns us not to think of any man, any person as lost or beyond hope. And when I read that, what jumped out for me was one of the crucial things about Catholic education is there are going to be so many young people coming from really difficult situations and circumstances, aren't there? And can we be really honest with each other and say that sometimes there can be kids that are really difficult to love? So when I was teaching, I I definitely, you you, you do, right? You encounter certain kids. There's so many kids that are easy to love, right? They're just, they're funny. They're interesting. They're grateful. They're kind. They're virtuous. You're like, they're the greatest kid ever. And then you meet some kids and you're just like, wow. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of redemptive suffering. So there's always going to be students that you encounter that are going to be difficult. But isn't this a beautiful line? It warns us not to think of any, let's change the word here, it warns us not to think of any student as lost or beyond hope. I think this is one of the crucial things that Catholic education can do, right? Is the simple act of not losing hope in a difficult student, the simple act of not losing hope in and for a difficult student. You know so it's like, Lord, help me to love this difficult student. Help me to believe for them even if they can't believe for themselves. So that's what I want to offer you today. I want to give you that filter coming all the way back from the 4th century. I I would prayerfully invite you to think of the student. I often do this in live events. I say think of the student you like the least. And everybody in the room kind of smiles and goes, hmm, you know, that, think of that one student, you know, what if no one has any hope in them anymore? What if everyone gives up on them? Or well, let's put that question another way. What if you were the only per- if you were the only person that didn't give up on them? What if you were the only person that kept hoping for them and believing in them? Do you know, do you think in life we often tend to get what we, you know, what we envisage you know, there's those old stories about you know, teachers that went into a class for the first time and they were told that these students were really gifted and, you know, they were the, the teacher had been given the advanced class and the fact was they weren't, but the teacher taught as if they were and the kids came up to the standard. You know, I don't know if that's an urban legend, uh, but I think if we have a vision of our students as never, as St. Asterius says, never lost or beyond hope, I wonder if there's a possibility that we could help them live into our hope for them. Just a thought. And of course, like everything we talk about here on the One Catholic Teacher Daily podcast, needs grace, right? We, we can't just do it simply by pure human effort. It requires grace and prayer and the Holy Spirit working through us. But if not you, then who? If not you, then who? Think of that one student in your class that's so difficult. If not you, then who? So hope for them, pray for them. Try and see the best in them. Entrust them to God in prayer. I do believe after all these years that a great deal is often accomplished in prayer that we do not see. Because as scripture tells us that, you know, God can do so much more than we can ask, hope, or imagine. So let's press into that. God bless you, my friend. I hope that's a word of encouragement for you today. Please share this with people. Uh, You can find everything you need to know about me at jonathandoyle.co. Jonathan Doyle, Doyle, one word, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, jonathandoyle.co.co. If you want to book me to come and speak live, if you want to work with me in terms of consultancy, uh, leadership, coaching, any of those things, please reach out to the website. It'd be great to start a conversation. All right, that's it for me today. You and I, my good friend, are going to be talking again tomorrow. You go and hope for them. Go and do some hoping. Go and do some believing for that one student. And you and I are going to talk again tomorrow.